Milk minute, milk minute, milk minute, yeah. This is Maureen Farrell and Heather O'Neill, and this is the Milk Minute. We're midwives and lactation professionals, bringing you the most up-to-date evidence for all things lactation. So you can feel more confident about feeding your baby, body positivity, relationships, and mental health. Plus, we laugh a little or a lot along the way. So join us for another episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Milk Minute. How you doing, Heather? I could use some caffeine. <laughs> Same. Um, you know, we've uh, we've been on a little holiday break here, trying to spend time with family without going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Unsuccessfully. How's, yeah. But- how's, how's your holidays? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't you know, uh, I had a big cup of coffee this morning, breastfed my baby, and then went back to sleep, which sounds delightful. It means I really was tired because normally caffeine actually works for me and keeps me up. And uh, mm. me and the baby went back to bed for a little bit. And then I woke up and mm. forgot to have another cup of coffee. Like I didn't repeat it. So now I'm all jacked up. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Well, you know, um, we we talked about this before, but the way we process caffeine does change in pregnancy and breastfeeding. Oh, <laughs> so, right. right. Might, might have something to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's listen in and give ourselves a nice reminder of what it's like to breastfeed and ingest caffeine. I yes. hope it helps you. <laughs> And remember, this is a great episode that if you want to send to like, you know, say say you're sitting down to Thanksgiving and your great aunt Mildred is like, you can't have coffee with that baby. You just like airdrop this episode to her, you know? Well, and also <laughs> it's, I was, my breastfeeding show is Grey's Anatomy. So there's 19 uh, seasons. So I'm on season eight. But when Callie Torres gets pregnant. Oh her, my God everybody is telling her she can't have a, one cup of coffee and that it can cause premature birth and low birth weight. And I was like, whoa, 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 Grey's Anatomy. I, let me just say, not a single person on Grey's ever had a normal pregnancy, birth, or breastfeeding. Like, no. those those poor characters. The <laughs> just drama. Like the gauntlet of pregnancy and breastfeeding-related trauma, disease, like childbearing. I mean, it would just, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But <laughs> I just wanted to scream through the TV, Callie, you can have a cup of coffee. Oh my god. Coffee. <laughs> yeah. I well I every time I saw like a new character get pregnant, I was like, what if we just didn't make it the drama? What if it was like a side arc that was just like, Oh, she's just pregnant, but like it's not the main drama of every episode until yeah. she has a baby. <laughs> what if it was just like a normal part of life and we had a baby and it was fine? <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I, the thing that frustrated me about that is how it just kept happening, though. It wasn't like one season, one time. Every <laughs> like season, every, every season. time. <laughs> well, oh, man. We I'm watched- actually, yeah, I was going to say I'm doing a Grey's rewatch, too, for no good reason right now. <laughs> good for you. It's pretty great. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Well, speaking of rewatching and, and rerunning. Uh, we hope you enjoy this episode about caffeine and breastfeeding, and we are enjoying our time off, uh, which we have not taken in three and a half years. So we are mm. thankful for that. And I am happily over here snuggling my new baby, Martha, who we call Marty, and yeah, adjusting to being a family of three. So that's what we're doing. 
you're not a family of three. <laughs> We're a family of five. <laughs> with three children. Heather, this is why we took a break, because you do not have two brain cells to rope together right now. They're all just dormant, being sucked out through your boobs. And um, thank you guys for continuing to listen. We will be back in January with some brand spanking new stuff. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it for us. And enjoy this episode. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Um, hello, and welcome back to your favorite podcast. Yeah, sorry to bother you. Yeah, but we're back. We're back again. It must be Friday. <laughs> and today, um, we're going to talk about caffeine. I love it. I want to have all of it. And I ha- want all of it before 3 p.m. Otherwise, I'll be <laughs> up all night like an old lady. I'm drinking a coffee right now, and it's 5 p.m. And I asked Heather if she wanted one. She was like, what? Like, why would you drink coffee at 5 p.m.? Um, I don't know. It's relaxing. Well, now we know that Maureen feels like it's relaxing because maybe <laughs> her brain works differently than other people's brains. Um, I don't have the results from my assessments yet, so we'll let you know when we do. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting season for us. Yeah. Personally, professionally, it's like the changes just keep coming. We've had some loss yeah it's been tough my so um i have a farm and i had three dogs and now i have two Mm. it's very sad i um my oldest dog stormy died and she was 17 and it's and i she had a great life and it was wonderful but it's just like I was trying to describe this the other day to somebody who was not a dog person. And I was thinking like, maybe this, I feel like this would benefit Heather, (laughs) you know, because they were kind of like confused why I was so sad. And I was like, look, no, it's not like a child. And it's sort of, it's not like a friend. It's not like another human person you can think of. But imagine you had this roommate who was just always down, you know, like you were like, Hey, I want to go for a run. And they were like, I literally live for running with you. (laughs) And yes, I'll run with you. And then you get home and you're like, I just want to nap. And they're like, could I snuggle nap with you? And then like you go to work and they're like, when are you getting back? I'm so excited to see you when you get back. Then you get back and they're like, I love you so much. And you're like, I had a hard day. Can we talk? And they're like, yeah, I'll just sit there and stare at you while you talk. <laughs> and it's like that every day with a dog. Um, for for 10 years, I had this dog, maybe 11. I can't quite remember. And it, I, you know, she was old. We knew she was going to die, but it was still really hard. Um, she'd been sick for a while. She has She had Cushing's disease. And because her immune system was so depressed, she had like all these other infections and it was like medication three times a day and a lot of work. And then I took my son to summer camp and I was like, I just don't feel good leaving her. And then my husband called me on the last day of camp and he was like, you guys have to come home right now. So we left early and we came home and it and she was in a lot of pain And it was too late to bring her to the vet. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give her medication and we're going to like have a happy night with the dog and snuggle on the floor with her and watch movies about dogs. You know, why not? Like sad ones like Homeward Bound. (laughs) Um, And my son decided her favorite movie was Beethoven. Oh, that's a good movie. 90s gem. (laughs) 
because she was kind of a notoriously like bad dog, you know, constantly like ripping things and making mischief. Yeah. And I, I did end up having to take her in to be euthanized. And that was really hard. And then um, we buried her on the farm. And the hardest part of that, because, you know, we chose this really beautiful place and planted a tree and everything. But Lyra is starting to talk. Right. And she just learned how to say doggy. And her favorite word to say is barking like a dog. And it sounds like when she says it. Very cute. And so she kept seeing the body of my dog, you know, because we had her in a wagon as we were like preparing her grave. And she'd point to her and be like, doggy. And like trying to pet her. And I let her pet the dog. It's not like it was a gross thing. You know, it's recently deceased. Um, but she just didn't understand that she was dead, obviously, because she's one. And it was really hard for like my son and my husband and I to see her interacting with our dead dog like it was alive. Mm. Gosh. It was really hard. Kids and animals, man. Like that that special relationship that they have is enviable really because it's like is there a more pure relationship than that I don't think so yeah and it's been hard for my son too but I don't know trying to explain to him you know why (laughs) why things die it's not easy even though I have like lots of logical explanations um he's still just like okay but why Mm. yeah it's um it's really hard to get that concept across even with human death like my I had to take Theo to my grandfather's funeral a few years ago and he was four or five and um it was like a beautiful burial and my grandpa was in the military so the military was there it was like pretty it was very formal and my son just kept yelling at the funeral (laughs) what's in the box what's in the box what's in the box and I was like oh my god shut up I cannot with you we talked about this and I'm like I'm like pops is in the box and he's like who's pops and he just couldn't remember from the last time I was like oh this is a nightmare (laughs) yeah I think my son made a ruckus at my grandfather's funeral too and I remember the priest was just like in the middle of the sermon came over and he was like, he was like, Jesus loved the little children. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Thanks. I'm glad. Also still embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I didn't even get to tell you this yet, but my grandma's Mm -hmm. on hospice. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we know what's coming. She's being very well taken care of. And um, so we'll probably be going to New York soon. And that's really hard because it's not even like I can call her. You know, we're kind of like past that point where that's happening. So it's just a weird season for everyone. And Mm -hmm. we appreciate all of your love and support that you've given us on Patreon and everything like that. Because you all get to know kind of what's happening before anybody else. And um, that's been really, really helpful for Mm -hmm. both, both of us during this time. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah. Um, Speaking of which, we have some patrons to thank. Yes, I would love to thank Rachel Schuster and Jen Velikoff Live and Good. So thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you both so much. We are so happy to have you. And if there's anything you all need, just shoot us a message and we'll be answering you promptly. 
Which yeah. means within 24 hours. <laughs> that is pretty prompt. Like, you send a message through my chart to your doctor, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> good luck. In two weeks, when your yeah. leg falls off, they're definitely going to call you back. Okay. Well, are you ready to jump in? You think? Yeah, I okay. think so. Can we muster a little energy for this? Because it's about caffeine. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, let's start with a question, though. Oh, yeah. So today's question is from one of our lovely patrons, Alyssa from Delaware. Alyssa says, a lot of things suggest to wean off a bottle around one year of age. What do you do for daycare with sending breast milk beyond one? She takes to a straw cup really well and knows how to use the open cup, but lots of spills still occur. Do you warm breast milk in an open cup or straw cup? Is now too early to offer milk in a straw cup? Thank you so much for any thoughts. Your content has truly gotten me to this point in my nursing journey. No way would we have made it this long without all of your advice. I've learned so much in the past year. <laughs> okay, well, um, let's weaning off a bottle is a process, right? And um, if you're still warming baby's milk, kind of getting to cold milk is a different process. So I'd say like choose one of those and try that first i i think it might be easier if you want to stop warming the milk to maybe try offering cold milk in a bottle seeing how that goes your baby may just be like cool cool beans no big deal Ooh, something <laughs> new <laughs> yeah um and seeing how that goes and then when you've transitioned to that way um then you can just like every once in a while be like oh you want some milk here's a cup of it why not like a, with a straw? I would definitely say a straw cup. You do not want your baby to dump an entire open cup of milk on them because I would cry. Um, I like the Dr. Brown's um, straw attachments because they fit on regular narrow mouth bottles. So you don't have to buy a bunch of new stuff. <laughs> and they're super leak proof. Um, and yeah, you can totally send that to daycare in a straw cup if you want. Or you can just like send cow's milk that's fine too yeah and also if you're trying to do the open cup thing i mean so i've heard of some daycares mm -hmm. and pre, you know those caregiving scenarios to be pretty like adamant that they're drinking from an open cup right at that point um so if you're feeling the pressure there you can actually practice with water mm -hmm. that way if they spill it who cares you know just put a tiny little bit of water and let them play you know, I made the mistake of buying a series of cups that were different colors and trying to <laughs> entice my children into using an open oh cup. I would let them choose the color. Don't do that because Don't then they have too much power <laughs> and they will always want the blue cup and then the blue cup will never be found and it'll always be dirty and it's just a whole situation. So get the same color of every cup so you yeah. never have to have an argument with a tiny hostile toddler. <laughs> oh, and I did want to mention um, weeding off the bottle around age one is generally... The recommendation for proper dental development and um, hard palate development, but it doesn't have to happen like the day they turn one. Not unless you're my grandma. My <laughs> grandma walked all eight of her children on their birthday to the garbage can <laughs> with the bottle and said, oh, bye bye, send it to the garbage man. <laughs> and she was like, we're done. Like hardcore oh. grandma. But I mean, they made it. That's fine. Yeah, you, but you don't have to do that. But you don't have to do that. You can be like, okay, whatever. Now we're 15 months and I'm finally ready because crazy stuff happened and we didn't have the spoons for it. So <laughs> I feel like I don't have the spoons for a lot of things anything lately. For anything. <laughs> All right, it's Maureen here. And I want to tell you that I have finally set up a link so you can instantly book virtual lactation consults oh. with me. 
Thank the Lord. <laughs> I know, Heather. It took me a long time to take the leap from in-person visits to virtual, but I did it. You're going to love it. I love doing virtual consults. They are the best. It serves more people. I'm so glad you took the plunge. Thank you. And if you guys out there want to book some time with me, you can go to highlandbirthsupport.com and then click on my lactation services tab. Is that H-I-G-H-L-A-N-D? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I will see you on Zoom, everybody. I love caffeine. (laughs) Me too. It's every parent's BFF. Morning, yes. it, morning coffee. If you can get it hot, it's even better. Oh, um, can lukewarm, you get it hot? <laughs> lukewarm is pretty much the best that most postpartum parents get. You but know, I think one of the wonderful treats about being chronically forgetful is that I forget that I had coffee just ever. And then when I find it again, I'm like, oh my God, a cup of coffee. That's so great. Like, there you are, cutie. <laughs> I left you in the microwave. Get over here. I still need you. Yeah. You know, um, it's it's a good friend of ours. But the question from everybody is, is it safe while breastfeeding? Of course, the answer is um, there's a lot we don't know, but we do have pretty good guidelines and we do have some data to work from. I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> I'm going to say yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. Because the simple answer is yes, it is safe. We if, have had if you want to stop listening now. For thousands of years. <laughs> Absolutely. And I definitely want to say, like, if somebody in your pregnancy or postpartum was like, oh, my God, you cannot drink coffee. You are pregnant. Your baby's never going to sleep. Or like, I feel like when I was a kid, we were told it would stunt our growth. Right. I don't know. All kinds of weird stuff. Folks, you can drink the coffee um, and let's talk about why and what we know. Mm -hmm. So and if this episode is uh, really serving the purpose of educating the people that are ruining your coffee life (laughs) that we're talking to you as well. Don't worry. We're not going to be too mad. We're just going to help you understand how to be kind. Why you need to back off Becky. (laughs) She's basic and she needs to go to Target and get her Starbucks. And then come home and nurse her baby. That's That's her one thing she wants in her postpartum period. Mm -hmm. Leave it go. Well, caffeine is an L2, right? We're classifying it as most likely compatible. Limited data suggests that there are very small risks for a breastfeeding infant. Um, Here's what we know pretty definitively. Caffeine appears in breast milk really quickly after maternal ingestion. Um, The levels peak in your milk about 30 minutes after you drink it and are a little bit more than half that much in like two hours after drinking. Um, And the thing about caffeine is it is uh, highly available to us. 99% of the caffeine consumed is absorbed within 45 minutes of ingestion. And I bet that is because it's been around for <laughs> thousands and thousands of years. Yeah, I mean, so many plants naturally have caffeine. We have a couple of cool species here that do. Um, you know those those um, Velcro plants, cleavers that like stick to your pants when you walk by? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Their seeds have a lot of caffeine. No way. Yep. <laughs> Pretty wow. cool. Do other animals eat them? Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah. <laughs> hmm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of those things where it's like the longer it's been around and humans mm-hmm. have been using it, the more efficient human bodies get at using it. Absolutely. So it's like, I'm not mad at that. Thank no, you. No, thank you, caffeine. Um, it's a wonderful thing that we have available to us. <laughs> um, so... 
like I mentioned a little bit before, we have a half-life of caffeine, right? The amount of time it takes for your body to metabolize about half of what you ingested. The half-life of caffeine is a lot longer while you are pregnant. Hmm. Okay, it can be up to like nine hours. Pray tell. Why? (laughs) I'm going to get there. Hold on. So, um, but it should return back to normal within the first couple weeks postpartum. So the mean half-life, like the average out of all the people you post of caffeine in your plasma is about five hours, but it differs really widely. So for some people, it's like one hour. And for some people, it's like six. It's pretty crazy. But this is good to keep in mind. And here is why. Most of the studies we have on caffeine in the human body are done on people with penises. Shocker. And we recently realized that changing estrogen levels have a large impact on how we metabolize caffeine. Because caffeine is almost exclusively metabolized in the liver by the cytochrome, which is also where we eliminate extra estrogens from the body. So imagine we have uh, two major highways merging. And one is all the caffeine cars and one is all the estrogen buses. And um, they don't always merge perfectly, right? Like sometimes Zipper. sometimes the Zipper. caffeine car is just like, wing, wing, zoom out of there. And then we have this backup of estrogen. Sometimes the estrogen gets metabolized faster. And we have a little bit of a caffeine backup. And there's really not a whole lot of predicting like how that happens. Is this why they tell you to give up caffeine and it'll help your acne? Yes. <laughs> oh, That, from my understanding, yeah, because it affects how you metabolize some of your hormones. Pretty wild. Anyway, after that fun fact, um, like alcohol, caffeine is water soluble, so it's going to move freely in and out of your breast milk the longer it stays in your body. So, now that we know a little bit about our good friend caffeine, what do our studies say about caffeinated booby babies? Well, I do know. That the studies point to exposure in pregnancy having less side effects in the infants being breastfed postpartum. Sure does. So (laughs) if you are pregnant. Congratulations. Congratulations. Keep (laughs) Keep drinking your coffee. Uh, Yes. Keep drinking coffee. Or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe not a four loco, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) My husband did not know what that was. And I was like, we had very different teen years. (laughs) (laughs) Four loco. If you don't drink it, you might be able to use it to take off the finish off the coffee table. Yeah, no, I think it's still out there, but I think they changed the alcohol percentage Uh. or something. Anyways, if you're pregnant and you're drinking two cups of caffeine a day. Totally fine. Totally fine. You can continue drinking two postpartum and your baby probably won't notice a difference because it's already been exposed. So um, we do have, you know, a number of reports from um, breastfed infants whose mothers have a high caffeine intake of like fussiness and jitteriness and some poor sleep patterns. But these things are hard to strongly correlate with caffeine, right? Because those are kind of like normal things for a lot of babies. Just like we talk about with any medication, it's like, okay, is is my baby fussy because of the medication or, you know, the supplement I'm taking? Or is it just fussy because it's eight weeks old? Hard to know. Um, But the studies where we have these increase in reports of side effects are really with parents who are drinking uh, like 10 or more cups of coffee a day. 
Yeah. <laughs> 10 and, or and more cups a day. Some of the studies I read actually start consumption in their group at 10 cups of coffee a day. Also, as a <laughs> provider, let me just say, if one of my patients is drinking 10 cups of caffeine a day, I'm looking for other things. Yeah. Do we have ADHD? Right. Like, are you sleeping okay? Are you self-medicating in some way for a thyroid Mm -hmm. problem? Are we hypo? Like, are we so lethargic that we are... Are you just describing my body over here? I'm looking at my friend lovingly, you know? So we need to be looking at why you feel the need to drink that much coffee in the first place. For sure. And so this applies to other sources of caffeine, too. I'm going to say coffee a lot because it's like 90% of where my caffeine comes from. But, you know, Coca-Cola, energy drinks, yerba mate, guarana, all of that, like, it's all the same. It's not that different. Um, So if you drink a different caffeine source, just pretend like we're talking about that. (laughs) Studies in parents who were drinking five cups of coffee daily found essentially no stimulation in breastfed infants three weeks of age or older. That's great. Isn't that just lovely? It's great news. (laughs) So the current guidelines say that maternal intake um, of caffeine should be limited to somewhere around three to five hundred milligrams a day as a very safe level. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure one cup of coffee is 140 milligrams. The average cup of coffee only contains 95 milligrams of caffeine. Okay, but my cups of coffee (laughs) contain 140 because I make it strong and long. (laughs) Sure thing. And, and, you know, I think that cup is like eight ounces, right? An Mm -hmm. eight ounce cup of coffee. So, Of course, it depends what your cup of coffee looks like. Folks who are living in the UK, you know, are probably drinking an eight ounce as an extra large. And us here, we're like 24 ounces of coffee, please. That's just a solid medium. So (laughs) (laughs) would you like to supersize that? Always. Yes. Yeah. um, But regardless, the guidelines just say three to five hundred milligrams is probably safe for most people. But just, you know, pay attention to your infant for some irritability or insomnia. Right. And, you know, of course, with everything, if you have a preterm baby or a younger newborn, they're going to metabolize caffeine slower Mm -hmm. and their serum levels of caffeine and other active caffeine metabolites might be higher and more similar to their mother's levels. So a lower intake level might be preferable because also you're when you have like a medically fragile or premature baby, you're looking for any indication that something's going wrong. Mm -hmm. Like we're always looking for stability. So if there is some kind of GI thing going on, we don't want to be like, oh, it's probably just the caffeine. Right. We We want to make sure it's not something more serious. Exactly. So you don't want to mask anything and just blow it off like it's you know part of the caffeine oh they're a preemie but i gotta have my coffee it's like well they might have necrotizing enterocolitis like let's look into it <laughs> yeah yeah and let's figure out maybe then something we can replace that with for you right so uh interesting note that may not be relevant that coffee intake of more than 450 milliliters daily not sure how many ounces that is could decrease the amount of iron in your breast milk and i say could very clearly and might result in a mild iron deficiency anemia in some breastfed infants. Now, very limited reports to support this. Not really something I would personally alter my caffeine intake for proactively, but 
it is good to note if, say, at some point your baby is diagnosed with iron deficiency anemia, you could be like, oh, maybe I should decrease my coffee intake and see if that helps. Can I pose a mm-hmm. question, devil's advocate kind yes, of situation? Please. So I'm wondering also if people that are drinking 450 milliliters of coffee a day might also be doing something like working night shift and maybe not eating the most well-rounded diet you know it's like there's a lot of confounding variables you know yeah it's not that much though it's like 15 ounces of coffee 16 ounces so that's pretty normal amount for a lot of people to drink yeah i guess it is yeah well it sounds big when i say milliliters like we're in europe (laughs) yeah i don't know i just i don't love that i feel like there's too many confounding variables yeah and and that's why i'm trying to emphasize like might could maybe i really don't think that this necessarily should be a hard and fast guideline but it is something to keep in the back of your head if you have a baby who's struggling with iron deficiency anemia maybe a small part of the puzzle okay so what about the people that are like I definitely think I've noticed a pattern that when I drink coffee or drink my pop, my baby has symptoms. Yeah, there's the rub. A lot of people notice that their babies are sensitive to small amounts of caffeine. Is it possible it's a coincidence? Yeah, absolutely. Is it possible that your baby really does get fussy with when you drink one cup of coffee? Yeah, absolutely. There's a really big range of what's normal for humans, right? Now, Most babies, it seems like, do get used to this over time. So if you're like, ah, it's okay, it's just a little bit of fussiness now and then, we're just going to wait it out, that's fine. But, you know, we just don't have great data about this. So a lot of people choose to abstain from caffeine because they don't want to deal with that extra symptoms in baby, and that's fine. It's fine as long as they're not suffering because of it. You know what I mean? It's just like... I've seen this happen so many times Mm -hmm. where people abstain from caffeine and alcohol and socialization and, Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's just like this slippery slope. Oh, and now just in case I'm going to cut out dairy. No, 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 no. Yeah. Like this is, we're not cutting everything out. You don't get an award guys. Like there's no award committee that comes around and it's like, congratulations, you've abstained from anything that could possibly create any discomfort in your baby ever. Yeah. Well, and, and I think when I have clients come to me about this, it's definitely like a little pink flag goes up about mental health stuff, right? Because yes, maybe it is just a physical thing, physical reaction. Baby gets fussy because they're sensitive to caffeine and that sucks. But um, we also often have these cycles of like guilt and self-blame that aren't always attached to real things. And that's where it gets into what you were saying, where someone's like, oh, well, I cut out the caffeine and it's not better. So let me cut something else out and let me do something else. And then, OK, well, I left the house that one time we skipped a nap and then baby didn't sleep at all. So we're never leaving again. Mm-hmm. And that's where this becomes like a totally different beast. Yeah, this for me, this episode is not so much like do it or don't do it. It's like, tell me mm-hmm. how you feel about the things that you love to do for you and how you're not doing them anymore and why. 
And is there something there that we need to talk about? And also friendly reminder that as human beings, our brains are wired to look for patterns in things. Yeah. We do it for survival purposes. Oh, and we all do this where your baby sleeps through the night for the first time and you're like, okay, so yesterday we woke up at 9 a.m. and then we took a nap at 1130 and it was an hour and a half exactly. And then we took another nap at two and that was 45 minutes and then we had dinner at six o'clock and then we went to bed at eight and and then you're like, how do we replicate that every day? You take the square root of your <laughs> sanity and you multiply it by a schedule that doesn't make any sense. And then if the wind is blowing in a northeasterly direction, your baby will sleep through the night with no farts. Right. <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything usually. Right. So we're going to encourage you to drink the coffee or the pop or, you know, whatever it is that you drink that supplies your brain with caffeine. Be happy, you guys. And if you're not happy and you're suffering, phone a friend. Yes. Call someone and be like, I feel like I am one cup of coffee away from seeing a therapist. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Yes. And we will pour you that cup of coffee while we make the phone call with you. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> How do you take your coffee, by the way? Um, I take it with cream, no sugar. What about nice. you? Well, I go through phases. Mm -hmm. um, I go through phases, but... For the majority of the time, cream and a little bit of sugar. Yeah, I used to be a black coffee person because I was insane. Insane. And I would just drink black coffee like all day long. Uh-huh. <laughs> this knowing look you're giving me. Um, and then I got pregnant and I drank a cup of black coffee and just immediately vomited it everywhere. Oh, yeah. And I was unable to drink it in pregnancy without um, some kind of milk. And do you French press? <clears throat> yeah, I do. So do I. Um, so in, for that pregnancy, I pretty much would fill half a mug of just milk and then like fill the rest with coffee. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I like slowly got back to actually drinking more coffee than milk. <laughs> I love how you created a plan to continue your coffee experience. <laughs> Maureen's like, all right, my action plan for getting caffeine back into my life. I'm going to slowly increase the coffee to milk ratio yeah. until I'm no longer vomiting. <laughs> That's dedication, folks. Oh, yeah. It might have been self-medication. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I do uh, strongly love my coffee, and um, I have tried some, like, coffee substitutes, and I'm just not ready for it. What do you mean? Like, the mushroom stuff? Yeah, yeah. It's great. Is I it? like it, um, but it's, like, not a substitute. It's, like, I, I'll have that maybe, like, instead of my fourth cup of coffee. I like a blonde roast, hmm. which, actually, did you know that blonde roasts have more caffeine than dark roasts? Yeah. Light, light roasts have, right. in general, have more caffeine than dark roasts. I don't actually really care about how light or dark the roast is. Um, it is important to me that my coffee beans are not burnt mm -hmm. and that they are not stale. Mm -hmm. So that they smell and taste fresh. Can I tell you a story about yes. coffee? Please. So um, when I was postpartum, mm -hmm. you know how I am a super smeller anyway? Like I can smell anything anywhere in the home i will sniff it out like toucan sure. sam mm -hmm. and i will get rid of it same z's yeah <laughs> and my husband thinks i'm lying half the time it, isn't that so frustrating you're like stop moving because the smell is you and i'm not lying <laughs> <laughs> well he kept you know he kept making coffee in the morning and i was like yo this coffee tastes gross. There's something wrong with this mm -hmm. coffee. And he was like, there's nothing wrong with this coffee. And I was like, yeah, but you have the palate of an ape. 
You know, like there, <laughs> I don't think that you can actually taste this. So this goes on for a week and I finally can't take it anymore. And we were using a traditional percolating coffee pot at the time. And I was like, all right, I'm going to clean this thing. And so I got boiling water with white vinegar and I poured it into the back and a freaking oh, no. stink bug floated to the top. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa, I'm done. I'm French pressing from now on. That is honestly oh my God. one of the reasons I French press is because I can clean every piece of it and see it. Uh, yeah. So I looked at my husband and I was like, there is a motherfucking stink bug <laughs> and a motherfucking percolating coffee machine. And I threw it away. And he was like, what if we want it for guests? And I was like, what guest is going to want to drink stink bug coffee? We can get the biggest French press there is. I am so done with this. Oh my gosh. Absolutely not. For folks who don't live where stink bugs are a problem... You are the luckiest human. They are so annoying. They um they get in your house in the winter, kind of no matter how well sealed your house is. And then in the spring, they just like erupt from wherever they've been hiding and get into everything. They have no purpose other than to just stink. And children think they're hilarious. My children hate them and oh. tell me repeatedly that I need to fix our house. So Griffin, I was tucking him into bed and a stink bug falls on me. So I'm like, ah, you know, like... And he goes, Mom, that is my friend. (laughs) And I was like, what? And he's like, the stink bugs are my friends. And he picks it up, like scoops it up lovingly. And then he climbs to the top of his bunk bed and deposits it. And I look up there and (gasps) no, there's so many stink bugs. I'm going to throw up. I I can't do it. (laughs) Oh, my God. And he was like, good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm just leaving. Good night. I can't even. Good night, everyone. I don't know what to do about this. in the top bunk. Uh, I guess I'll just leave the window open and hope you leave. (laughs) Oh, my God. No. Okay. Well, on that note, get a French press or a pour over. Get rid of your percolator. It's dirty and gross. Or and just clean it often. Or just clean it super often and always trust your instincts when it comes to smells and tastes and making the right choices for you and your children. Absolutely. If you're pumping milk away from your baby at all, at work or wherever you go, you deserve a bougie product to make that easier for you. You deserve a series chiller. And frankly, I could not live without one right now. The series chiller is an excellent way to store your breast milk safely and it keeps your breast milk cold for 24 hours. It is the only thing I use to transport my breast milk to and from work while I'm working. It's got a sleek and beautiful design, lots of great colors, high quality materials and manufacturing. Series Chill also has other products that you might want to check out too. My personal favorite is the Milk Stash. They have a great nipple shield that actually changes colors and it's not clear like all the other ones. (laughs) And you know how we feel about that. (laughs) Um, If you want to have your very own Series Chiller, please go to the link in our show notes and use code MILKMINUTE15 at checkout. That's Milk Minute 15 for 15% off your Series Chill products. Enjoy. Well, um, I think it's time to give somebody an award. Award time. Who's it yeah. going to be? Uh, Destiny D from our Facebook group. Tell me what she did. All right. She said, don't quit on a hard day. This was some of the best breastfeeding advice I ever received. My son just turned one and we battled through so much to keep our breastfeeding journey alive. And I couldn't be more proud of our little family for pushing through. 
From newborn boob trauma to tongue ties to mastitis to weight issues to exclusive pumping and food allergies, you name it. I'm so thankful for the support we've had for the last year. There were so many highs, too. I wouldn't trade all my hours of snuggling for anything. We've nursed on mountaintops, on planes, in the car, in restaurants, at sporting events, on the floor, on the porch, and just about anywhere you can think. And when will we stop? I don't know. We'll let him take the lead on that. Uh, We are so proud of you, Destiny. That's amazing. I'm so happy for you. And it sounds like you had a pretty interesting journey. You didn't let it get you down, you know, and that is incredible. And I'm super happy that you just kept moving forward. Mm -hmm. So let's see. We're going to give you the Feeding Fortitude Award. Absolutely. And happy birthday to your son and happy birthing day to you. (laughs) Um, And yeah, thank you so much for being a listener. Yes. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Milk Minute Podcast. If you would like to change this big old system that just isn't really made to support you at all, um, you can do that by telling your friends and family about this podcast and helping everyone learn about breastfeeding. Yes. If you found value in what we produced for you today, you can join us on Patreon as one of our VIPs and get access to behind the scenes videos and cool merch and just general personal stories of what's going on with Maureen and I that we don't always share on the podcast. <laughs> and um, you can make a small donation which goes directly towards supporting our project. And that would be patreon.com slash podcast. It's quite simple and you should go right now because you're amazing and we love you and thank you so much. Bye-bye. It's a miracle.